0: All right, hello
1: internet. We are back with another interview on Casey Music Talk. Uh, today, I have a guitar player here in Kansas City, uh, Steve Hawkins. How you doing? Hey Rob, good to see you. Thanks for coming, man. You bet. So you you and I uh, just uh, played a jam together last uh, last Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't remember, I'm sure I met you at Knuckleheads, I'm sure that's the first time
0: I saw you, it was, it was probably a couple of years ago, but... Uh, it, it may have been there, it may have been over at, I uh, oh, that place down on 43rd there that we used to go to once in a while, but um, either place, doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but
1: I know um, I know. there's kind of a handful of, of guys that come to the jams that are... That are you know, pretty darn proficient. They get up there and they can kind of handle themselves with literally everything that anybody throws. And I, I've just definitely always been, been uh, pretty impressed
0: by, you know, impressed by your playing and well, stuff. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, I used, I used to be a rock guy for a long time, but mm-hmm. I got into blues like twenty something years ago, and I, kind of put blinders on after mm-hmm. that. And, uh, so I haven't played much rock in a while. So I'll get fooled on that for a while, but. Uh, I'm in the blue scene right now, so. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man.
1: <laughs> so tell me, because you and I haven't talked a ton before, you know, right. but uh, tell me a little bit like how you kind of got started and some of the things that have happened up well, until now. Well, that's
0: an interesting story. Uh, I started playing guitar at 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm 66, so I've been playing 55 years. And <clears throat> we lived in a small town in Oklahoma. There was no music store. <clears throat> you had to buy strings at the drugstore. And that was it. And, uh, but we're only about 20 miles from Fort Smith, Arkansas, and they had a couple of music stores. So me and three other guys, somebody's mom would take us over to mm-hmm. the lesson. Well, that lasted approximately a month and everybody's fingers got sore and the other guys quit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when you first start playing, you don't have calluses, it's pretty tough. Oh yeah. And so uh, I kept going and I would go to this guy or that guy just for a little bit. And <clears throat> so I finally went to this one guy and, and he says, okay, here's what we're gonna do. He says, we're gonna, and I'm talking short period of time. Yeah. He says, uh, here's this book, here's these notes, go home and learn this song, Red River Valley. Mm-hmm. And I went home and, and I looked at that book and I played that a little bit and I said, this sucks, virtually. <laughs> so I, I went back the next week and he said, you learn the song? I go, no, I don't want to do that. He's, I said, do you, and I'm 13 or mm-hmm. 12 or whatever. Yeah. I said, you know this song on the radio? Yeah, show me how to play it. I never learned how to read, mm-hmm. but I learned how to play pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And I probably, I guess I had a natural ability for it. So now I'm 13 and I can play a little bit of lead and there's only one band in the town we live in. Mm-hmm all these guys are in high school and they're all playing instrumental stuff. And apparently the word gets around, the guys come to me and go, can you play lead guitar? I go, I think so, Hmm? come join our band. And so there it started at 13 and and I played, we played all the the surf stuff and Uh all that stuff and then the Beatles just came on the scene and all that kind of thing and so at 15, Uh, we started playing in clubs. I I was 15 and we started playing in clubs over there. And I kind of liked it back then because what you would do is go in and and actually set your PA up, play three or four songs for the guy that owned the club. And if he liked you, he'd go thumbs up. If he didn't, he'd go thumbs down Mm -hmm. and then you'd get a job. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Or or as opposed to today, uh, they just want somebody in a lot of places just to make noise for X amount of dollars. Mm -hmm. And talent, who cares? Not always, but <laughs> sometimes. So I guess I'm just old school like that.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. That's funny, man. I mean, the, the interesting thing, what you said, is that we're ever everybody's all fun and games when they start, but then they're like, oh, this is like work. It's like a job. This is dumb. Yeah. I don't want to do that, you know, and it's yeah. funny, out of the four, it sounds like you're, you yeah. know, again, 50, 55 years later, you're yeah. still playing, and they're, you know... Possibly quit, no, you know, doing like, whatever
0: they're doing. Yeah, I'm sure they're not playing. They they said that was enough, but uh, yeah. And the other the other little thing is while I'm off on a tangent that we talked about, the other thing is for guys playing today, there's some really really good young guitar players here in Kansas City, mm-hmm. and but they need to learn how to play rhythm guitar. It's not all about being the solo guy. It's not all about playing the lead. It you. I've run into so many guys that are fantastic lead players, can't play solo for anything. I mean, I'm sorry, rhythm for anything. Mm. And it's just, it's kind of a lost art. It, it's, it's as hard to find a good rhythm player as it is a good lead player, or it may be harder to find a good rhythm player. Mm. So, so, I mean, they may not want to hear that, but mm. I've just run into too many of them, you know.
1: So what are they do? So specifically, like break, breaking it down, or is it like a volume thing, or are they playing no, too much, or No, like, they
0: just don't. They don't work at it like they do mm. the lead scales and all the things that they do. They don't, they don't learn how to be uh, the background for the song. Mm. And I mean, anybody that's played a little ball can just drum some chords, sure. But there's a there's a talent and an art to playing rhythm, and and uh, they just don't put the time in. I think mm-hmm. it's more than anything, but but uh, that's kind of a telltale thing for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had guys. I won't mention any names. I've had a guy coming. I was thinking at one time of getting a second guitar player. and This guy was really good. and I brought him in. I said, "Okay, can you play this?" Uh, no, can you play this? And I'm talking simple chords, though. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow. <laughs> I mean, kind mm-hmm. of light bulb, you know? Something. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, that's kind of a deal for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've talked about that a lot about. The, the comping kind of stuff. When you're yeah. being a, a accompaniment, we've talked a lot about bass and drums. I've had a ton of bass and drummers on the show, but uh-huh. we haven't talked about that too much, like specifically with guitar players. And yeah, I mean, who... Who goes home and practices rhythm guitar? That's a great question. Who sits, there, <laughs> who sits there and practices the... Yeah, yeah. You know? They, they and... don't.
0: I mean, a lot of guys don't. And it's not It's not a big deal. It's not a talent problem or anything. It's just mm, yeah. that they don't focus on that. Mm-hmm. You
1: know, so. Yeah, I wonder if, too, that um, a lot of times I would think especially jazz guys are really good at this about finding like four different ways to play, you know, and then they, and for example, they have their kind of cowboy, you know, cowboy chords down here, Mm -hmm. but then they can find, you know, halfway up their neck, a nice little, uh, a nice little range of a chord there. Um, and they'll they'll be able to chord wise choose a chord that, that is going to cut through to, you know? And so that's one, right? The, the chord choice, but I mean, but maybe, like, are, like are you talking about like literally the choices that they're making, like rhythm wise and pitch wise, or is it like more of a volume and too much, or they just they just it's plain don't know how to do it? It's not a volume thing. It's yeah. just
0: uh, it's not a volume thing at all. It's just mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's so a lot of them are, are just so vanilla. Mm. you know and so and it's not that it's bad but Mm. it could be so much more if they because I know they got the talent because they play the lead so well right right but and it's just uh, that comes from experience or you gotta wanna do that you know so Mm
1: -hmm. you know I've heard a lot of guys talk too about that they want and this is probably what you're trying to get he's like i don't want a rhythm player or a soloist i want a guitar player you know that can do both you know yeah. you need it like and that's probably you know similar to what you're saying is because yeah. that happens a lot in country bands right really? they'll hire a rhythm player yeah. then they'll hire the lead you yeah know, that's and, probably
0: true that's probably true
1: yeah and i mean you need a guitar player mm-hmm. you know yeah I, I totally agree with that
0: well i mean everybody i mean i'm not saying i'm i'm a big deal at it either I, I, all i'm saying is I come from a background of way back when it was uh, I'm gonna call them soul bands mm-hmm. more than R&B here, but uh, there's just and I always like horn bands that kind of thing, and so I play. I feel like my chords I play a lot like a horn section would mm-hmm. play, you know, and I'm talking about an R&B type of thing, right, right. And so uh, that's that's uh, it's got a little more uh, to it, a little more, a little more funk. To it you know and, and not just playing you know here we go so, yeah, yeah, yeah and that's just my thing I mean I'm not sure. condemning anybody here I'm just yeah. saying I don't see that much
1: oh yeah well I told I totally agree I mean uh, yeah definitely I think jazz players that happens a lot where everybody's sitting there practicing their solos and they never practice the common part and it's it's really important I mean mm-hmm. it it make or breaks a song for sure or it can right. um, but yeah, so uh, so talk so we kind of got up till today. Talk talk a little bit about your band, man, what, what you got going
0: well, on. Well, uh, my band is Connie Hawkins and the Blues Wreckers, and my name is Steve Hawkins, so that would be my wife. <clears throat> and we've been married 48 years this, this month, actually. Wow. So, and here's an interesting story. We started this band in 2002, and and the reason I waited till 2002 because I had two daughters and they were in school and they were in college and I didn't want to have a band while all that was going on. And so <clears throat> you got a you picture that Connie's never sang anywhere other than some theater stuff and gospel stuff. Mm-hmm. Nothing else, ever. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to start a blues band because the gospel style that she sang was black gospel style. Mm-hmm. I said, it's the same thing. I mean, it literally Mm -hmm. is. And I said, okay. So we started this band, and she didn't know one blues song, obviously. Mm -hmm. So it took us probably a year before we could come out of the basement. Mm -hmm. You know, we had to get the players together. She had to learn four hours worth of music and, and all that stuff. But since that point, we're still going. It's 2018, so 16 years. And several players have gone in and out that kind of, as a mm-hmm. matter of fact, I don't think any of the players I have right now are original players. But uh, we've got three CDs worth of original music. Wow. And, uh, and that's kind of the difference between us and not, I would say, I'm guessing it's 90% to 10% of, of bands, blues bands that here in town that play original music. Mm-hmm. I don't know that, maybe it's 75, 25, I don't know. But we play a lot of original. If I play a festival for an hour, an hour and fifteen minute set, it's going to be all original, basically maybe one or two covers. But uh, and that's a harder way to go, Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> by a long shot, because everybody wants to hear cover stuff, you know. And it's, even in the blues world, not as bad, but in the rock world, you got to do that. Oh know? yeah, you're not going to play. But so it's been it's been a, a different, for to say the least, uh, trying to do original stuff. Uh, it's starting to, I don't want to say pay off, but uh, it's just what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But it's starting to come around a little bit. We've got, uh, we went to the IBC, and I'm, I'm sure people have been on here talking about the mm-hmm. IBC. We we went to the IBC last year for our, our first time to go, and we got in uh, the semifinals, which that sounds like a big deal. <laughs> but there was I think there was 109 bands there and I think the semifinals was forty four. Yeah, so it's yeah. not like it's not like the top fifteen. Right? right, right. But it could be because here's what they don't tell you. They say, Well, you're in the semifinals, but they don't tell the scores. Yeah. So out of those forty four, you could have been number one uh-huh. or you could have been number forty four. Right. So you know, you know, but it's it's a it's a good deal to get in the semifinals. It's it's a nice thing.
1: And that's down in Memphis. That's down the, in Memphis. The, the hundred and nine was down in Memphis, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a big deal, man. It is a big deal,
0: and and but what what we did was our latest CD came out. Matter of fact, I had to get it out in time to uh, enter what they have down there called the best self-produced CD Mm -hmm. contest, and uh, we got in the semifinals with the CD. Now that was just twelve. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that was a pretty big deal. That that helped that we got several festivals out of this thing. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, and actually, we went to, uh, to try out again this year and uh, Sean McDonald's band beat us. Mm-hmm. We took second and they're great. Mm-hmm. Sean's a great player. Oh yeah. But in, in the process of that, one of the judges was uh, a lady from uh, Nashville mm-hmm. with the Galaxy HD out of Nashville, kind of a big deal. And she invited us to her sho- showcase, <clears throat> so we're going to be in the showcase this year at the IBC at BB King's Club. Wow, that's fun. And it'll be fun because we played in that club last year. And as far as uh, uh, aesthetics and stage and sound, it's the best club in the whole place. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> they also have <coughs> excuse me. They also have a, a, a Hammond sitting there, and we got a Hammond guy, so that works out great. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Talk, talk <coughs> a little bit about your, so are you writing those
0: tunes or how does that work? now I write them all. That's cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I get an idea and I normally, not normally, but I say a lot of times, I have everything in my head. Mm-hmm. Bass line, drums, everything yeah. I want it to do. And then sometimes, probably a smaller percentage of the time, 30% maybe, I go, okay, I've got this, I've got this show me something funky on the bass or show me something here, you know, and and then we kind of flesh it out a little bit at practice and and we got something and uh, next thing you know, it's on a CD. Yeah, sure, yeah. (laughs) So, there you go.
1: Sometimes we need the, like, I've noticed that when I, because I wrote these two albums in Wichita Uh and I, sometimes I wanted to, like, write a bass line out for them. Sometimes it was a riff, so that was easy because I already had the riff in my head. Right. But, but, like, it was like, (coughs) I'm not going to write out a walking bass line. That's that's an idiotic thing to do. I'm going to go grab a bass player who can, off his head, Mm -hmm. you know, out of nothing, just walk way better than anything I'm ever going to write. Like, on the spot, he's going to do that, Mm -hmm. you know? So, like, that that probably helps a lot, huh? When you have some good players in your band. Yeah, it does. Sometimes
0: I'll have a specific note line that I want played, and then sometimes it's like, I want this, but I'm not opposed to... Smoothing mm. it around a little bit, you know, and, yeah. then, and then we see what we got. You know? right. just going for more for the, that feel than, right, you know, than specific notes. Sometimes I
1: think drums works that way too, because I, I know one time I had this idea, and I know that I wanted <coughs> him to do this type of like. Hi hat snare funky thing mm-hmm. that I've seen a million drummers do, and I yeah. go, okay, I want you to do a hi hat snare thing, <laughs> thing yeah. and he, you know, he, <laughs> you know, and he starts doing. I'm like, yep, that's it, that's you it, know. Yeah. And so, yeah, so you you maybe just give him a little uh, little direction, huh? A yep. little bit, yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, had a lot of fun recording. we mm-hmm. had, had some really good players and. Uh, uh, I love recording. That's cool. Stuff. Oh yeah, recording is fun.
1: <laughs> so, like with with the writing, you were mentioning doing the covers and not covers. Do you feel? Do you feel pressure to write stuff that is generally around the twelve bar kind of area, or do you guys you know, on absolutely, purpose? Absolutely, that's di- a great
0: question. Dive out on purpose. That or, is a great question because I don't, and it's it's a good or a bad thing. I don't know which, but I don't generally write a normal 12-bar blues thing. Mm-hmm. I try to do it like something you haven't heard. Mm-hmm. It's blues, but right. maybe you haven't heard it this way. I just, I mean, I can do the 12-bar blues thing, but there's so many great songs out there that are like that, that, mm-hmm. are, that are classics. It's like, what am I gonna do? I mean, change the words, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. But I, I just try to, try to do something a little different. Uh, whether it's good or bad, I don't know, but I just, that's a, what I do. You know, oh yeah, so,
1: but I mean, because you're you're making a great point. I've said that on the show before. I think that, you know, to me, like chords, different chord progressions is really to me what makes a song different from another. Because you have these 800 12 bar blues tunes, yeah, but they just have different, you know, they're and and four hundred of them are shuffles, yeah. You know, it's just. The same song with different words. You know, and that's rough to tell some people that. I mean, I just think they're all the same song. You know, they're like. You you know, know, it's
0: interesting because what's so cool about it is, I mean, I've got a song right now that I wrote on our second CD. That was, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, it's probably was a shuffle, maybe a medium shuffle. Right. Yeah. But I, I redid it into a uh, da 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 instead of a shut da 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 kind of thing. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, it's got a whole different, I mean, a totally different feel to it. It's more of a swampy kind of thing mm-hmm. now. And uh, we're going to do that down there. And it's like, that song's pretty cool now. You know, I mean, it was a good song, but it was just, eh, you know, mm-hmm. it, you got to have 10 songs on there, you know. <laughs> and it, it was decent, but it wasn't the, the winner on the, on the, From the album, but uh, I think it's a lot better song now. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I've uh, we've got you know this. This is kind of the way it works in the music business, I guess. Uh, I got this CD, and I think it came out in August. I haven't released it, so it's been what six months or so, and I haven't released it yet. And. I felt pressured to end it, to get it done so I could enter in this contest. And, mm. and some of the songs are pretty good, and some, they're they're not bad songs, but they're not the best. But every album seems to be that way. There's two or three good ones, yeah. maybe only two, maybe only one yeah. that are really good songs that you're really proud of. They're, when I say proud of, they they come out like I heard them in my head, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, you know, a lot yeah. of them don't always do that. but. Uh, so I haven't released this, and I've written three songs. actually changed that one and written two other songs that I think are much better. Now I've got this dilemma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do I go back and put these songs in there? That's pretty expensive after I've done all this stuff. So I've, I don't know what I'll do. Uh, I may just keep these and wait, and next year do another CD and call it a day. You know, I don't know. But anyway. Yeah, you can
1: always put on another album. Yeah, you know that yeah. would be cheaper in in a way. You know, what I mean, because yeah. then you'd you'd still have to, you know, even have to, but you'd still yeah. end up making another CD anyway. Probably sometimes,
0: you know. like like I put a song, I put the same song on this CD that I had on the last CD. I just rearranged it, but mm-hmm. well, it doesn't sound like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah that's you know funny. So, but but uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know, it's it is what it is. I don't I, like I said. I don't read or anything, so it's kind of a. a a workman type deal for me to get all this stuff ironed out, yeah. So, but I like doing it,
1: yeah. So, so one question I and uh and you know, Connie was going to come tonight, and yeah. I had a question for her specifically, okay. but the and maybe you could answer this that and you can pass if you don't want to answer it. But I know I had uh, you know, and I won't mention her name, but I had an ex girlfriend a while ago, and we you know, both musicians. And it was it was interesting. I always thought that I wanted to go find a uh, girlfriend, wife, or whatever that had to be a musician. Just, mm-hmm. And the reason I had that mentality was because I needed somebody that was gonna understand why I'm so obsessed with this crap. Right, you know? right, and exactly. At least a person who, who understands that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they wouldn't have to be a musician, I guess, now that I think about it, But but anyway. So I was always looking for musicians to date, marry, whatever. And when I had, when I found this one girlfriend, uh, it it didn't work at all. Mm-hmm. Like it, the music side of it, you know, there was, I, I thought that because we were both, fans of music that there would be that commonality there Mm -hmm. but in my opinion i think it ended up being more of a competition really and i I, you know and and this is just my opinion but i think that was more her than me Mm -hmm. you know kind of making it a competition and so so i guess the, the question i had for you is that uh i've heard a lot of people talk about having uh like literally working with their wife at the literal same company when they're in the same right, room, right, you know, not right. that they're at like totally different buildings or something, but, uh, obviously you guys are now on seven, what'd you say? 17 years of the band or whatever you yeah, said, 16, yeah. 16 years. So obviously that's gone pretty well for you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how, how is that in general? You know, is it, is that pretty neat? To... Well,
0: like I told you earlier, I've been married for 48 years, mm-hmm. so if we haven't worked things out by now mm-hmm. uh it's kind of exten- yeah. well, it's kind of an extension of that it's like uh she's the singer, I write the stuff, sometimes I say, you ought to sing it this way and and she listens to me mm-hmm. she, and and then sometimes she says, "Wait a minute, you know yeah, and then and we we work it out, you know it's mm-hmm. not. But uh, we don't have those. I, I've heard of that too. You know, like people work together and you know, you're together twenty four seven. Right, right, right. But um, and then was, three months later, yeah, <laughs> you're you're
1: like, yeah, yeah, you know,
0: yeah. Nah, no, we we really we've had we've had some knockdown dragouts about well, I want to do this or I want to do that, and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, but uh, in general, it's not it's not a problem. Uh, we, we get mm-hmm. along pretty good. We both enjoy doing it she's sung her entire life since she's five years old and uh so it works good
1: yeah that's neat man that's so you would say that probably the the lesson that you that you just said was obviously something that didn't really happen to me you know where it's like i'll you know give the two cents and then she'll be like huh
0: you know and then she'll (laughs) give
1: two cents and i'll be like huh And instead, it was like, no, blah, 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 you know, and we just had an argument. You you said she actually maybe kind of sits there and listens once in a while. You sit there and kind of listen to what she said, and there's a mutualness, respect kind of Even when
0: there's a blowout, and once in a while there is, uh, like I said, how I've been married so long, same thing. Uh, The key is, once that's done, it's over. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, let's get back to business. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way I can put it uh, it just works that way mm-hmm. it's not that you don't say what you mean mm-hmm. it's just that now I've said it and you've said it all right we're good yeah let's get back to business mm-hmm. So that's the way we do it
1: yeah I think people sometimes can, you know in a band I, I think I've seen we've all seen this where Person will come up with an idea and everybody will just immediately agree. Oh yeah, that's an awesome idea, and then you'll just change it. But I think sometimes I think uh, this is this is kind of off on a different tangent. Just relationships with people in general. That mm-hmm. I think that sometimes, especially when it's a big when it's a big idea, you, you, they're not going to change in one second. You got to give them time to like yeah. mull it over. Yeah. And and so that that can sometimes we want them to just agree right now. And whoever it is, a friend, yeah. a girlfriend, bandmates. Right. But and what was the other thing you said? Um, oh, you you also said that that it's done, right? You you have you have the argument. We well, had it's that done. You guys aren't sitting there with your tally sheets. No. Well, you you, no. you you got me seven times, I mean, and I only got you know you three times. You know
0: it's not gonna last. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. And that, yeah, and that's I, definitely what our relationship has. She had the. You've screwed me over, blah, blah, and right, I've only screwed you over. I'm going
0: to tell you something, that, and I'm not going to mention any names here. But I, in this band, I've never had an issue with with a player being crazy or anything. You know mm-hmm. how bands can be. Yeah. No, the guy was, uh, everybody's been great. And, and this particular guy was great. But we got a new bass player in the band, and the bass player had been singing backup in the previous band. And I said, uh, Hey, uh, I'm going to do a couple songs here that we need to do some harmony and stuff, and, and I'd like you to sing the backup. Because I know you've been singing it. Okay. The next week, I get a demand for a meeting with one of the guys that's already in the band. Mm-hmm. And he literally sits down, and I had no clue what this was about. Because and, 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 he'd been in the band for three years. yeah, And never said he sang, never said anything about that kind of stuff. And I was really kind of doubtful that he could sing, but I don't know that. Mm-hmm. He sits down, and he's got a little notebook. And he literally, what you said, he has this stuff written down. And you didn't ask me to sing. You never said you could sing. Well, and duh, 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 and blah blah and I'm going. Where at this did
1: gig, this? you did this,
0: and at that gig, you did this. Come from? Yeah, and next thing I know, and this, this, this meeting lasted sixty seconds. Yeah. And he said, and I'm out of here. Okay. <laughs> and I thought, wow. what just happened? Yeah. You know, wow. but you just, you know, sometimes you don't know. But, but yeah, he got mad because I didn't ask him to sing. But he never mentioned it in three years. Right. Yeah. I don't know, what are you gonna do, it's it's a good band. But literally, we we haven't had any problems in our bands, and and the guys I have now are great. I couldn't get a bunch of better guys, and they're really, really good players. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could play for anybody. Uh, The guy that, this is funny, because we're talking about knuckleheads, the guy that plays saxophone for me is uh, Jeff Ingram. And I was at Knuckleheads on a Sunday, jam and I rarely ever go there anymore Mm -hmm. I just don't get out and I hadn't been there in I would say a year almost and I went to the jam and I walked up and I'm looking at the stage and this guy's on stage playing sax and he's just burning it down Mm -hmm. and I thought I've never seen this I know everybody in the blue scene I said I've never seen this guy before yeah well I said I'm gonna go catch him when he comes off the steps and see what's going on And he came down. I said, hey, you with anybody in town? No. Really? He said, but I don't live here. I go, okay. Yeah. I live in Colorado. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I hang my head and he goes, but I'm moving here. And I go, ta-da. Yeah. (laughs) And I grabbed him and we talked about it and and I've got him. And and it turns out he was a uh, music teacher for 32 years Yeah. Mm -hmm. and playing with a lot of Big time stuff in Colorado, so he can really play. And I was just real fortunate to get him. And he's a really nice guy, And about our age. We all get along. So that was a that was a good grab. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and and then not very often. Oh yeah.
1: But uh, well, you mentioned something that we've talked about on the show also is this this the general idea of getting along with other bandmates. And mm-hmm. and I know some of the some of the other podcasts that I've been watching that aren't music, musical, they've, they've been talking about this concept a lot where you, like, let's say it's at work or something, and you have <laughs> this tiny thing like... I don't know, the person doesn't put the spatula back yeah. in the right spot. You yeah, know, yeah, some yeah, irrelevant, yeah, yeah, stupid yeah. thing. Yeah. But that annoys you, right? And then there's another little thing where you don't <coughs> put the rag back either. I think that's and then, what was happening to this guy. Yeah, and so... But he doesn't say anything. Right, and that's the <laughs> deal, is you don't say anything about the first thing. Don't say anything about the second thing. Yeah. And then, but you put all... Because you maybe justify it in your head where this isn't this isn't important enough to bring up, right? And then, but six months down the road, now you have a thousand little things. And the problem is, is that what these guys were arguing is that, you know, do you have a come to Jesus meeting, you know, about the first thing? Well, you know, does it need to be that extreme? Maybe not, but after six months, you have a thousand little things and now you build up this resentment, you build up this anger And that sounds like, in general, that's what was happening to the guy where he didn't it, say anything about the first thing. I think it was. And then it just, ex- and then at some yeah. point it explodes. Well, you know, a
0: band, like I said, a, a band to me is no different than a marriage, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when everybody's in there and they're committed to practice time and all the things you have to do, uh, and everybody, it's hard for that many people to get along all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you don't, I my saying to the guys that I play with, and, and so I look for a guy that you can tell when a guy's auditioning, you know, is he kind of a happy-go-lucky guy or is he kind of moody? I mean, you, you kind of get the sense of people. Personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, my deal is always, and I tell them when we have auditions and stuff, I said, I said, the plan is the easy part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's everything else. Yeah. So you know, if we can't get along, doesn't matter how good you are, mm-hmm. you know, can't use you. So that's kind of the way it works. But uh, fortunately, we've had real good luck, and the guys I got now, we we just don't have a problem. We don't yeah. have any problem.
1: Yeah. I know. I don't know if you know Phil Shirelli, but another guitar player in town, but he's I, been I, on I the show. But his uh, son uh, is a guitar player for. Uh, Florida, Georgia line. Okay. Yeah. So, but anyway, he was talking about the guys in Nashville, when they do their auditions, they, they like, they do sort of what you were just talking about. The guy comes in literally two minutes, you know, I mean, two minutes of playing and they're like, okay, we've heard enough. Let's go have a beer, you know? And then for an hour, they get to know him with the beer, two minute playing hour. And they're like, because this is more important. We already know you can play. Exactly. There's a million guys that could come in here and play, but, but there's 40 that are going to do well here, you yeah. know, there's <laughs> a million and then four, you know, that are going to have the That's right attitude, right. uh, you know, uh, be no, kind of a little bit, know their role in the band, you know, right now, I mean, for you that they're not the writer, you know, maybe that 30% that you talk. you know, so that, that we already have that role. You know what I mean?
0: They they, they kind of know what they need to do
1: and the yeah. attitude and like, you know.
0: There's a guy, that reminds me, there's a guy when, when the grand recording was still going on and I went to the jam down there and there was a guy came down there and he was a sax guy. And he was one of the best sax players I've ever heard, period. I mean, he was that good. And he, and you could tell, it. Everybody goes around twice, right, on the jams. Mm-hmm. He likes to go four or five. times. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, okay. There's a check that off. And then you go talk to the guy a little bit, and he goes, uh, "I'm from Chicago." Yeah. I don't know. And he says, uh, "I don't have a car." <laughs> okay. And the guy was just fantastic. Yeah. And it's like, okay, this is not going to work no matter mm-hmm. what. Now here's the irony of this. Connie and I, uh, on our 35th anniversary, which was what, 13 years ago, went on the blues cruise. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> we're on the blues cruise. And this band from California, uh, Philip Walker was the name of the guy, old black guy. And he had a horn player, and they had a sax player and a trump player, and all old guys. And they were really tight. I mean, mm-hmm. they're really good. Yeah. And I'm looking at this sax player and I go, I think I know that guy. It was this guy. Yeah. And I went up and talked to him, hey, how you doing, blah, 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 and all this stuff, and uh, can you get me up? Yeah, I'll get you up. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing, but mm-hmm. it's like I'm surprised. He, I guess, and now this was a long time later, so he probably learned that I better toe the line if I want to work anywhere.
1: You'd hope. Yeah, yeah,
0: but it was interesting. Mm-hmm. And that was, the, that was the time, here's another great story that was the time that Joe you know who Joe Bonamassa is oh yeah, yeah. okay so Joe is on this one the only one he's ever been on as far as the blues crews and uh, they have a place on there they got main stage on the back like a normal stage you would have anywhere. have you been on
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay yeah. they have, but they have a regular regular stage you would see anywhere on the back of the boat and then they have <clears throat> different places around the boat where you can play. And they have up in the front, the crow's nest is set up basically like a club Mm -hmm. and it has a small stage. And the passengers have a jam. You Mm -hmm. bring your stuff and you jam. That's fun. And uh, it's fun. So I'm closing down the jam. Connie's there, we're closing down the jam. It's 1.30, I don't know, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Anyway, I'm literally putting my guitar in my case. Down the hall comes a guy carrying, at the time, a gold Stratocaster. Now, he's a big Gibson Les Paul guy, he has been for years now, but at that time, he had a gold Stratocaster. Mm-hmm. And here comes a guy carrying a gold Stratocaster. I said, that looks like Bonamassa Strat. Two guys behind him, here comes Joe. Yeah, wow. You're and like, oh really? Com- and he comes up to me and he goes, hey man, can I sit it with you? And I go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He, but the line was, and I'm quoting him, he says, can I sit in with you? There's too many egos up on the main deck. Ooh. And I go, sure. And so we played mm. for like an hour, 15, hour yeah. and a half, and, and there wasn't nobody else there. Yeah. Connie's camera battery was down. Uh. I never got a video, uh. I didn't get anything. I mean, there's literally five people there, yeah. maybe. Wow. And we played country we played rock we played this i even got a couple ad boys from joe bonamassa that's a good deal and it's like wow okay so the next day i saw him and i said hey can i take a picture with you? yeah took his picture nice nice guy now a lot of people say things about him but i don't know but he was nice to me yeah but that was a wow that that made the trip (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. yeah, it made the trip that's fun (laughs) yeah and and that
1: that's uh it's I've been asking a lot of people this question about like, kind of what is your deal breaker in a band? You know, what, what is the thing that, that you, somebody like just won't stand for, you know? And like, I, the example I always use is like guys like falling off the stage drunk. I mean, you gotta get right, you know mm-hmm. I mean? That's an easy one. But, um, but it's so funny that I'll, I'll get a lot of different answers from people, you know? Like some people will say, um, like answering the phone, You know, some people just cannot handle flakiness, you know, where they don't answer the phone, show up late, kind of that kind of stuff. Um, And then some other people will say the ego or attitude or kind of a thing. Another person will, you know, I I think you've seen many people in bands where they'll put up with a little bit of flakiness because this guy is, you know, the, you know, Jesus on the guitar or something, you know, and so like, or somebody will, or it'll be somebody has to like the music that they're playing or mm-hmm. else they just they don't even want to be there right. you know and so yeah, it's just hilarious all the different you know uh um what i call it the uh deal breakers that mm-hmm. that people will have in a band uh is is the attitude thing maybe maybe yours or what i mean i don't know if you've ever thought like, about you know that I, or... I
0: i'd like to say this or that but to be honest with you like i was saying earlier I kind of vet the guys that play with me so mm-hmm. much that I don't run into those issues. Yeah, yeah. But I can, I don't, I'm trying to think. I don't think I was ever in a band, and I've been in so many, uh, that ever had guys that, oh, oh, okay, time out. I've got a story. <laughs> I, I keep forgetting. I, every musician that's played a long time's got, could write a book. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so okay.
1: See, you were pressed to that one, I could tell. That one you blocked out. Whatever this one is, I don't know why. I didn't thought, well, I was—I
0: thought earlier when I was thinking about coming over, I ought to tell him the story about it. But anyway,
1: it was traumatic apparently, and you—well, it—it
0: didn't. It was just band flakiness, okay? Mm-hmm. But it was sure. So, so like I said, I'm in the. Uh, I played in a little surf band, and then uh, we got—I got into a little bit better bands there in town. At least some guys moved around, came in, some other players. And we were playing rock and doing the stuff, you know. Now we're talking, <clears throat> we're talking late '60s, early '70s. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, music's happening. Yeah, sure. And so we got a pretty good band, <clears throat> uh, just a bunch of local guys. And the music store again was the only the one that was over in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Well, the guy that <clears throat> that ran the desk at the at the music store, there's always that guy at the music store, mm-hmm. you know. Well, he, he was a really good guitar player and a real nice guy. And they were in a band called Rock Bottom. And it was the band in that area. I mean, no if, ands, or buts. The band. The drummer was the local DJ at the station. So anytime anybody came to the auditorium, they were going to warm them up. Mm-hmm. And we're talking Blood Rock and Sugar Loaf and all, all those bands. man mm-hmm. <clears throat> I get a call. We're gonna add another guitar player. You wanna play with? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The name of the music store was Sigler Music. It's still there today. Been there for 50, mm-hmm. 60 years. And the guy's still there, Jimmy Atson. He was my bud. And so <clears throat> I go over there and we start playing all this stuff and, and uh, really sounding good for that day and time. And now here's the irony of this. Mr. Sigler was alive then, that owned Sigler Music. And there's another uh, <clears throat> guitar place came in, moved in, and it's called Ben Jack Guitar Center.
1: And they built
0: a studio, brand new, which was state-of-the-art Nashville-type studio in 70 or 71. Mm-hmm. Mr. Sigler put up the money for this band to make an album there. So I joined the band. We go into the studio. Now these guys have been together for years. Mm -hmm. We go into the studio, probably got six or seven songs in the can already. They get into some kind of argument. I wasn't there because I don't live in Fort Smith. Mm -hmm. Kick the bass player out in the middle of this paid for album in brand new studio. And I never knew why, I just knew the band there was no longer. <laughs> Jeez, man. I know it's crazy. It's they could crazy. they couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I just I said, okay. I mean, what do I know? I'm twenty. What do I know? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Wow. See that's what I'm talking about. I well, mean that's and, like, you know, got, I've got i got another one. This is great. So we're in high school. We went to the other band I was talking about that we had over there <clears throat> not the Fort Smith band, we wanna battle of bands. Mm-hmm. And so we get to go to Muskogee, Oklahoma, at the auditorium where the one hit wonders, uh, what's the name of those guys, Time Won't Let Me, the song, and I forget the name of them, but it was the number one or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they were the headliners, And so we get to go out whenever. The guy backstage goes, hey, you guys, it's gonna be you guys, and then this single guy, and then, I mean, the headliner, single guy, and then you guys, and somebody else. <coughs> After a little while, he comes to us. He says, "Hey, this single is not gonna show." He said he's at the motel, drunk. He said we're gonna go out and tell him that he's sick. You guys are on next. Okay. What's this guy's name? Oh, B.J. Thomas. Oh. Before he was, yeah, wow, yeah,
1: wow, yeah, you
0: don't see that every day. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, that's funny.
0: It's different
1: because <laughs> that—that's another thing—is that everybody doesn't really know all of that, <coughs> all of that Hollywood kind of stuff. No, oh, no, you know that, no. you know, and they <coughs> coming off of, uh, oh, I'm sorry, he can't be here tonight. You know, he's sick and all that. Well, you know, that's that. that's
0: and, a big part of the business sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought that was interesting. I, mean, I didn't know who that was because he hadn't really done anything yet. Sure, yeah. And it's like, but I thought that was interesting later. <laughs> you know, when I re- Ooh, that guy. I was- mean, I
1: already mentioned that, but that's that's another thing that we haven't really talked about on the show that much is, is kind of addiction in general because yeah. it's a big deal with musicians. It is I mean a it's, big deal. It's, it's really part... It. It's not even that it's a part of our <coughs> culture, you know, our right. music culture, but definitely definitely drinking is for sure. And, and obviously back in the day, you know, drugs like crazy. Oh, it was but, a lot different back in the day. Oh, there was yeah. guys,
0: yeah. And the other thing that was interesting about back in the day, I mean the addiction is obviously there and uh, drugs, alcohol, whatever. I mean, it's just the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But um, going on the road, I I knew a guy who was a bass player and he was in this band and they were, they were a good band. I mean, they were called the Whatnots, which I thought was a pretty cool name. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But they went out on the road for about six, eight weeks, and he came back, and I heard him, and it was like somebody flipped a switch. Mm. And it's about playing every night together. Mm. It was unbelievable. And it taught me a big lesson about, you know, you don't have to do a lot of practicing, you just gotta play. Mm. And you figure out eventually. I know Joe Blow <coughs> here is going to do this, and I know he's going to yeah. do that, so I should do this. Yeah. And after five, six weeks of that, wow, it sounds totally different. Mm. I mean, totally different. Yeah, they got super tight. Yeah, it's super tight. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it makes a big difference.
1: Yeah, I've had a lot of I've had a lot of arguments with people about that concept because coming from the classical world, you know, I mean, we, you know, we we do the we do the, like, 40 practice, one gig, Mm -hmm. you know? And then it's complete opposite. One practice, 40 gigs, you know, in in the country world or whatever. You know, I'm I'm joking a little bit, but... It's a lot the
0: same thing, though. I mean, mean, if you're doing that many practices, it's like getting super tight. Right. The the average band, our band practices once a week if we make that practice. Mm -hmm. But there's a... When it's showtime, it's a little different. Yeah. And and if you do that night after night after night you just you know what's coming Mm -hmm. you know and i'm not talking about and i'm not putting anything down but you guys got this sheet of paper right right and and you're gonna you're gonna play this Mm -hmm. but i've got options and Mm -hmm. i know what's coming Mm -hmm. and pretty and i try this the you know the first week Eh, it's okay i'll try this about the fourth week i try this and bingo that's it for right Mm -hmm. there. and then you go to the next song and and boy, it, it really changes the band. Right. And it's uh, and, and
1: I totally agree with you on that because it it's different with sight reading and ear, you know, or improv and sight reading. But, yeah. but it's like, it's also just the general practicing at home. You know, it, just the, you know, it be, having, being, I mean, you know, it's called being warm, you know. Right. I mean, you, you've played, you know, quite a bit in the last year and you're feeling good. You know, like mm-hmm. at the end of college for me, I'd been playing in college I mean three times a day or whatever you mm-hmm. know so at the end of college I was like re- I mean you could get out your instrument and in literally seven seconds you're warm you know because you've played <coughs> so much right. in the last but uh so that's something that I've been kind of arguing with people about a little bit because they'll, they'll run their argument on a similar lines to what you said where it's not possible to get up with a band unless you've played a lot and that that I don't necessarily agree with because I've gone down to the foundation or random jams and these four guys that don't even know each other are just bonkers killer and they get up on stage yep. and just murder everybody yep. you know yep. so that that's where I kind of disagree with that argument but I totally but you're you're obviously not wrong because I mean you do you know three years with the same guys over and over and over and you're you're going to be sh- you know yeah. shredding your songs and knowing what's coming and that so that's a good point. Uh, another
0: interesting thing that that I got taught a lesson on was uh, uh, back when I was working, I'm retired now, but back when I was working, I had to go down to uh, San Antonio for 10 months and I would fly out on Monday and come back on Friday. And <clears throat> so everywhere I have to go, whether I go to training or whatever, if I go to another city, I'm taking my guitar and looking for a jam, okay? Mm-hmm. <coughs> I got two stories here. Uh, on this one, this taught me a big lesson. I'm at a Tuesday night jam every week, and I'm a decent player. There was a guy there that was a teacher that came in, and he was a Stevie Ray Vaughan fanatic. Yeah. He had the same amp, the same pedal, the same. And, and he could literally play anything that he played just like him, I mean, he was that good. Yeah. And there was another kid that came in that uh, was uh, he's kind of blues, kind of fusion, but, but he was a real good player. So we're hitting this thing every week, and people are kind of going, "Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Three black guys come in one night. It has nothing to do with being black. Mm-hmm. What I'm getting ready to say is uh, they were uh, horn player, bass player, and guitar player. And they got up there and played, and they weren't very good, and they were out of tune. But the guy singing and playing the guitar was just hopping all over the place, you know, doing the thing. Yeah. And people were going nuts. Mm-hmm. It was the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah, And I learned right then, for sure, it's show business. Yeah. yeah. I, it's unbelievable, because these guys pretty much sucked and I'm going. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> you know? So I learned. I learned a big lesson. You yeah. can't just. I mean, if it's up to me, I'd probably stand behind a curtain and just play. Yeah. But you go, You can't do that. Yeah. But, but the uh, the other thing I learned. I was in Dallas one time for training, and I went to a place called Hole in the Wall. And it's a known jam place, in a big time, long time jam. <clears throat> it's a small place, and it probably seats. 50 people, maybe 60. And the difference I learned, and I'm not saying I'm putting Kansas City down, but I'm telling what happens. Okay, if you go to a jam in Kansas City, in general, knuckleheads, a little bit of an exception. You've got a few people listening, and you've got a whole bunch of people talking. Yeah. I was at that jam in Dallas, and I mean the minute you get up there, these people are sitting there like this. Okay, what's he gonna give me? Mm-hmm. And you play something there. I mean, it was the difference was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And I thought, holy crap, I've never seen this. You know. They're engaged fans. They are yeah. big time engaged. it's yeah. like, wow, that's different. Yeah. And but Knuckleheads is probably the best as mm-hmm. far as people. People will clap for solos, they're yeah, listening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I agree. But in general the, man, the ones I've been over the years they're kind of like yeah well, we, we come here to talk I don't know why but we came here to talk but it's it's interesting the different places that they yeah. react you know yeah I
1: totally I totally agree with that I think it's it's probably worse than Kansas City and other cities than I'm sure Can, it is than Kansas City even but I I agree that they'll, they'll still be I I'll see I'll see people clapping for solos here but it's not everyone it's not like you know they're not sitting there up in their seat and well, stuff it's, like it's that. Not, I
0: guess I shouldn't have said jams. It's it's in general. It's, in that general, happens yeah. a little bit. I've been to shows. Lots that, of shows do that. Big yeah. guys are big guys are up there, and, and I got people. Three guys behind me just. I'm going. Yeah. Come on. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. but so just, so we're we're probably getting getting close here, uh, to being done. But the, you you mentioned something really interesting about the difference between like. I always call it kind of the artist and entertainer. You, you kind of d- touched on this about mm. how the guys can, you know, suck musically, but they've got this thing going on, you know, this this energy on the stage mm-hmm. or some sort of quirky identity thing yeah. or, you know, like, you know, the, um, the Asian heavy metal guy. Or <laughs> so, you know, they got some quirky thing, yeah, you yeah, know, the, yeah. uh, and so like, or they they do the kiss stuff where they've got the tongue and the costumes and the lights mm-hmm. and they, they, they make a huge stage show. And that's something that I know has always frustrated me about being a classical player is we, we don't ever talk about that zero times. Yeah. We, it's all about playing music beautifully and learning your scales right. and you're in tune and in time, you know? And, <coughs> and so my, my dad told me one time when he was at a show, I had a stand up there for my lyrics cause I was singing, but he was telling me because I was standing, but my stand was like right here, uh-huh, right you away. know, and and he's like, dude, part of, and I didn't even realize this, but he's like, part of your instrument is that you have like a visual thing going on because mm-hmm. you've got this arm and everybody can sure. see, you know, and he's like, you should keep your stand up there if you need it, but you need to just pull it down right. here because I'm short, you know? So, but that was an example of he's like, that's just a thing that you can do. You know, you're, you're not going to be a costume guy cause you're not just going to choose to not do that. Right. But something mm-hmm. that you can do to be a little bit, a little bit more entertaining yeah. is that you and you know, everybody can watch you when you start, you know, shredding it up. And I totally you know, agree.
0: I, I've seen some, I've seen some crazy stuff that people, and that's fine. They just go bonkers over. Mm-hmm. It's like, really? Mm-hmm. But, but I'm not out there. Yeah. And I'm not looking up. Yeah. And quite honestly, I don't go to very many places to see people because I've played for 50 something years. I've, I know what's going on and I just, I'm not a big, a lot of people, you know, a lot of musicians love going and, I just kind of stay at home, but, so I'm not that guy looking at that kind of stage, but, uh, it sometimes you think you're really giving it to them mm-hmm. and you're just standing there and you mm-hmm. don't realize right, it. Yeah. <laughs> you know so and that, and that's the problem because
1: like that's what we were taught we were taught if you're going to play fast you don't do this uh-huh. you go and you don't look, and we all know the guys that look like they're doing nothing because they're playing very efficiently you know they're on the guitar you know they're and they don't look like they're even doing anything you know and that's
0: that's funny you mentioned it because i used I don't know who I was talking to, but it's like I was—I've never given lessons to anybody because mm-hmm. I don't read, but I, I can teach you some blues licks, and that's about it. But mm-hmm. one guy that I knew—I've known him for a long time—and he said, "Please give me some lessons." And he's a real good guy, and he knew more scales than I'll ever know. Yeah. But he—he he just didn't have the little things to mm-hmm. make it sound right. So I did this, and uh, he was—it's just. <laughs> I just, I don't know what to think about this stuff. It's like, this this guy is telling me all this stuff that he needs to know and all this. And I'm telling him, okay, you got to take this note and you have to do this. What? (laughs) You have to do this. Because otherwise it's just a note that everybody in town can play. Mm -hmm. And it just... And people don't, and, and what I'm getting to is what we were just talking about. I can play, and I'm not, I'm an okay guitar player, but I can play a lead and have a conversation with you, watch TV, right. you know. And so it doesn't dawn on me that I'm sitting here playing this lead and I'm just you know doing this and people are looking at me like, what are you doing? You know, and so I've got to do something. You know, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that for a long time because, like you and like me, once you've done it for so long, mm-hmm. it's just that's what I do. It's natural. I don't yeah, think about yeah. it. I'm just kind of looking around. Yeah. And they're going, oh, that guy's not very good. What's he doing? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's a visual thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I think probably the what what I get frustrated is. Uh, uh, oh, what's this? Trans Siberian Orchestra. I'm mm-hmm. sure you've heard of it, mm-hmm. you know. So, there, they go up there, and I saw their show once. And the violin, you know, he does his, <coughs> he does his power stance, you know, and he has his thing, and yeah. he does the bow, and like, and then again, they're running all over. I mean, they're Garth Brooks running all yeah. over the, and they've got the, you know, the smoke and the fire and the laser light and then it, like, and so like, this was my opinion. I'm sorry if they don't like it, but. You know, you take away the power stance and the lights and the smoke, and da, 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 and you got some pretty average music. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. You yeah. know, and and I think and and I'm sorry if this is blasphemy, but I think Kiss was the same way. You take the tongue away and the costume and the thing. I don't I don't think they're n- that amazing of a band. I put them up against Zeppelin or something. It's just not even close. You know. Well, like, it's, it's and, the old
0: uh, everybody's got to have something unique kind of thing. Right. and, and
1: uh, so I would wonder if it was if if. Obviously the ideal would be, you know, Jimi Hendrix with the laser lights. You know, what I mean, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's what you want is you want the talent, but you also want the quirk too or the the shtick or whatever you want to call it, entertainment value.
0: Well, the irony uh, of the music business to me is is I, I remember playing in clubs at Fort Smith and there was a black guy in there that was a singer. And to this day he was as good as anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean anybody I've ever heard he would just take off doing Sam Cooke might do it Uh like this you know whoever he could do them all and he was good and I'm sitting there watching this guy and I'm like 19 or 20 and I'm going and I had the wherewithal to go you know what this guy's never going to get out of this club Uh and it's like and then you look at some of the talent around that's made it then you go I can't figure it out, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, there's there's all kinds of people that are super talented that never see the light of day. So you know, I guess I'm just happy to be able to play. You know, I like it, mm-hmm. like doing it, and enjoy it, and uh, hopefully people like what you do. You
1: know? Yeah, man. <laughs> Well, that's that's probably a good a good spot there. Um, to end it. So, uh one more time, I uh, say your band name again. Uh, for Connie
0: Hawkins and the Blues records Hmm. Come check these
1: guys out in town. A great band and. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's that's probably about it there. Um, uh, I'm sure I'll see you at another jam. Yeah, show. man. Yeah, it's always <laughs> it's always fun to play with you, man. It's always fun to get up at a jam and you have some people up there that like know how to cue. Kind of know what they're doing. That's always you and know. That's always nice, you know. So, um, Steve Hawkins, thanks man. Yep. Thanks on. for having me. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no problem. All right, get out of here. We'll see you next time.